0: This is Susanna Hills podcast. We hope this message becomes a revelation in your heart and will encourage you to live a Christ-centered life. Thanks for checking out our podcast. Here's today's message. So friends, we are starting our new series, Life in the Spirit. And I want to really welcome those of you that are watching us online. It's wonderful to have you with us. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure that you're connecting with us on our different platforms and also that you make your way into a, a, a building uh, we are meeting on, on Sundays in Potsdam as well as in Clarksorp. And this morning it's wonderful to have Zach Lombard ministering in Potsdam and actually having some of our elders, uh, Murdoch and Sharia, there this morning. Uh, just, it's been a, a powerful time that they've had, positioning the prophetic, learning how to, to hear God's voice more clearly and being able to see that. And they've had over almost 100 people actually attend um, over the last uh, two days. So it's been wonderful to see what God is doing there. I want to encourage you to drive through to potch sometime. And go and uh, see some of our family that is there. All the details are there. So I want to start off by telling a story that I heard um, and I ha- have shared it shortly uh, during our Ascension Day celebration. But I felt it would be helpful to share even again for this morning. Uh, there was a man by the name of Jamie Winship. And now Jamie had uh, you know, grown up and had encountered God and became a police officer. And he discovered that God was his shepherd, and that Jesus, being a good shepherd, speaks to his sheep. And Jesus says in John 10, he says, my my sheep know my voice, and I know them. And and because of that reality, Jamie actually began to practice in his life the ability to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit in his life. So much so that it actually began to affect his life, because he would... um, Begin to solve crimes and be able to bust open, you know, syndicates and see God, and you actually use Him to, to make a massive impact in people's lives because of a very unconventional way of solving crimes. He would pray, he would take some time to hear from the Holy Spirit. And, um, and at one point, uh, this is kind of where, where things really began to, to snowball in his life, where, where, you know, he became more and more. Prominent in a way, and God began to really use him powerfully, is that at one point there was a kidnapping case that he was called to. And so him and his partner came in and, and saw this very distraught family, uh, obviously in distress, because their, their child had been kidnapped, they didn't know where uh, they had gone, what had happened, and even know where to start. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you could imagine going through that moment. Where do you start? Some of us have had those moments in the shopping mall, and you're like. Where, where is my child? And it's your, 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 your heart is pounding in your, in your throat, and you're just like, oh, my word, I cannot believe it. And then, thank God, I found him. But so Jamie enters into this space with this couple, and he says, for some or other reason, he just had compassion on them, and, and he said the unthinkable words that police officers are never supposed to say when dealing with kidnapping cases. And he said to the family, listen, we're going to find your child. And so they finished the meeting and they were heading out the door. And his partner, who's not saved, doesn't follow Jesus, but had come to know um, Jamie a little bit, having worked with him for a while, said to him, are you, are you crazy? We don't do that. That's, you know, This can go very badly for us. It can go very badly for the department. This is a bad thing. And he's like, well, I, I know. I realized that it was a mistake. I, but I, I just felt like that's what I wanted to say and needed to say. And so his partner turns to him and says, well, you better do what you do. And what he did is that Jamie prayed and his partner would drive. And so they were driving around, and this happened many a times before where they would be driving and they would enc- encounter people. And his partner would be aware of Jamie, it's like, okay, he's ministering or speaking to this person. So he drives around the block a few times until he's finished. And then they would kind of do that. And you, their, their superior would wonder, like, yes, you guys drive around a lot, eh? You know, you put on a lot of clocks on your, you know, kilometers on your car. But there's the sense of, of uh, a practicing of God's voice that Jamie was continuously practicing and, 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 and engaging with. And so as they are driving around, and Jamie is praying, and he's like, Lord Jesus, help, it's a good prayer pray to pray, help, you know. As he's praying and driving around, a, a vehicle passes them, an ordinary, not, not a, a vehicle that looks at all suspicious, passes them. And as that vehicle passes, he experiences something that he's experienced many, many times before. He, he describes it as, as kind of being punched in the stomach or just a tightening on the inside of him. And he realized that having practiced this, the voice of God, that feeling was very familiar to him. And so he turns to his, his partner and says, let's pull this car over right now. Let's, let's, so they turn around, pull the car over. Stop the guy, pull him out of, out of the vehicle, say, open your trunk right now, open your boot. You know, he's an American guy, the trunks, you know. Open your boot immediately, and as they open, there is the child in the boot. And the, the perpetrator is stunned. He's like, how did you know? <laughs> like, how did you know? And, and even his superiors, Jamie's superiors are like, how did you know? And it's like, whoa. You know, God told me. Today I want to speak to us about our ability to hear, to be empowered by the Spirit so that we hear His whispers. Friends, there is a relationship that we can have. And I believe in the next four weeks as we go into this Life in the Spirit series, we're going to be working through messages on Sundays as well as some material in our life groups. If you're not in a life group, if you're not in a small group where someone is seeing you, looking you in the eye, praying with you, encouraging you, walking with you, you can stop by the board at the back there, or you can go to um, the App Store and download the City on Your App. You'll be able to connect with a group there. We want you to grow in God. We want you to apply what you are listening to and what you hear. And so God wants you and I to hear His voice. He wants us to walk in His power. And if that wasn't true, God would not have sent His Holy Spirit. Today is Pentecost. We celebrate the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, basically the birth of the of the church. And our our very well-known verse is found in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus is speaking, and he's saying to you, you and I, as followers of Jesus, I want to endow you. I want to give to you the power you need to be my witnesses. To to show and speak of and demonstrate my presence, my power, my voice, and my love in your life. God doesn't want us to live, it's like, well, cool, I'm saved. Thank God I'm going to heaven. But actually, no, I, I actually have a relationship. I love what, what um, Bill Johnson describes this just his, his relationship with his wife. He says, you know, I didn't get married so I could wear a ring. I got married so I could have a relationship. God didn't just save us so that we can say we are saved. He saved us so that we would have a relationship with Him. An intimate, covenantal relationship. And so la- our, our life in the Spirit beke- begins with a relationship with the Holy Spirit. 1 John chapter 4, verse 13 says, By this we know that we abide in Him, and He in us, because He has given us His Spirit. You and I know that God is in us, because He's given us His Spirit. We have been set apart, we, we've been chosen, we've been called out, as we've been sharing this year, to follow Jesus, because we are united with Him. And God wants you and I to express that and experience that in an increasing measure. I don't want any of us to leave from this place without the knowledge, the experience of God's Spirit in our life. But I realize that if we want to live from the inside out, if I want to have what God has placed within me to make a difference around me, I need to understand who I am. Walking with. Friends, we are walking with the Holy Spirit. Some attributes of the Holy Spirit is that, that He is divine. He is divine. I, I love what A.W. What, um, Tozer said. He says, the Holy Spirit is not just a doctrine to be believed, but it is a divine person to be experienced. So many of us live our lives with the concept of God somewhere up there but actually friends he is a person that we have relationship with the holy spirit is eternal meaning that he has no beginning and no end he will be with us for eternity we better start building a relationship with him now if we're going to spend the rest of our eternal lives in heaven in his presence the holy spirit is personal in other words, He speaks to us in a way that is unique and individual to us as people. I love this about God. Just this weekend with the with the prophetic, what was amazing for me to see is when people would share what God has spoken to them or what they sense God saying, if the, if the person is very analytical or if they are a bit more of an engineer, they would bring out sort of highlights from their life. The, God would highlight certain things for them in a way that they would understand and that they would be able to communicate. But someone else that's very free, you know, you know some of those people. You know, they, they wake up in the morning and it's like the Lord speaks to them in, in the shadows on, uh, of the sun rays breaking in. And, you know, they, they tied their shoe and there was a little rock and it's a shaped like a heart. And God speaks to them like that and it's... And it's beautiful because it's so unique. God speaks to us in a unique way. He doesn't require of us, just like my voice is unique to any of our voices here, just like my physique is unique to like any of you, we realize that God speaks and deals with us in a very personal way, and the Holy Spirit does that. But He is also personal, i.e. I can have a relationship with Him. This is a concept that you and I need to understand. We have a relationship with our Father, with the Son, Jesus, but also with the Holy Spirit. And they are united, they are one, but you and I can access more of Him. We also need to understand that He is omnipresent. That's why, like I said on Ascension Day, that's why Jesus had to ascend. Because up until that point, He he could only be in one place at one time in His glorified body. He could teleport and move around at a blink of an eye. But only once the Holy Spirit was poured out could God be experienced and encountered by everyone. There's so many examples of that. He's also omniscient. In other words, he's all-knowing. He knows our thoughts and our prayers and our needs even before we ask. And so he also knows, just like what Jamie experienced, he knew where the child was and could speak and reveal that to uh, Jamie. Jamie. The Holy Spirit is holy, he's set apart, he's holy and he also then by implication is making us holy. He is setting us apart then as well. He is the comforter and the helper. When you and I are in need of God's comfort and help in every moment of our lives, the Holy Spirit is able. He's also our teacher. There's so many things I'm still learning. I'm learning about God, I'm learning about myself, I'm learning about God's church, I'm learning about people, but especially I'm learning about God's word and his character and nature and the Holy Spirit is teaching us all the time. But are we willing to listen? He is also the empowerer. He is the one that gives us what we need to accomplish the task. And I have so many times in my life said, Holy Spirit, I've got this. And wanted to do things in my own strength. And have missed the big picture of what God has for me. And lastly, the Holy Spirit is the convictor of sin. It says that the Holy Spirit is the one who would convict us of sin, righteousness, and judgment to come. And this is an important aspect for us to see that that is part of the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But what I want you to see, and this is what Paul would want us to see. And we're going to be studying Romans chapter 8 in this next three three or four weeks together in our home groups as well. And he says, There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit uh, of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. This is a powerful statement in itself. There is no condemnation for those of us that are in Christ. It is the foundational reality If you and I want to truly live with confidence, with peace, with the reality of God's presence in our lives in increasing measure, it begins with this foundational truth, that you are not condemned. We see that it is the enemy who condemns, but it's the Holy Spirit who convicts. What is the difference between condemnation and conviction? Condemnation says you are too far gone. There's no hope for you. Judgment has been passed. There's no way for you to make right what has happened in your life or what's been given to you. Conviction says, I have done something wrong and I need to do something about it. There is hope for me to make the change. That's why it says that the Holy Spirit is the one that convicts us of sin, righteousness and judgment, makes us aware. Have you ever experienced that in your life? Just this week, I was sitting, I was just like not even doing anything in particular, like, you know, just being distracted. Anybody experience that confession session for me? And I sat there and I was like, and I, the Holy Spirit in that moment convicted me of something that I needed to deal with. And I was so thankful that right then and there, I could do something about it. It was not my Final state of being. It was no longer my identity. My sin or my struggle or the thing I needed to adjust was not the thing that defined me. But rather, it was a reminder that I'm not like Jesus yet. And I can make an adjustment. So the Holy Spirit does that for us. It's important for us to see that Jesus doesn't condemn us. We see this in John chapter 3, verse 18. I mean, you know, verse 16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That, we love that verse. Verse 17 says, But God didn't send the son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him everyone would be saved. And then it says in verse 18, it says, But whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. Friends, the only time you and I can can worry, stress about condemnation in our lives is if we have not put our faith in Jesus. That is the truth. There is a peace, there is a joy, there is a calm that comes into our lives when we have placed our faith in Jesus. Nothing can give you that peace other than faith in Christ Jesus. And I'm asking you, if you're here today and you haven't placed your faith in Him, today is an opportunity for you to come out from under the condemnation you're experiencing and come into a place where there is no condemnation for you because you are loved by God. Because God doesn't remember our sins when we are in Him. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 25, it says, I, even I, this is the Lord speaking, am He who blots out your transgressions. We just had communion. If you have spilled blood on things, it covers everything. You cannot see it any longer. You only see the blood for my own sake, and remembers your sins no more. God forgives us our trespasses for His sake. Wait a minute. Can this sink in for you? I am a dad at the moment. I have the privilege of raising two young girls. Do they do some things that sometimes I think it's really not helpful and it's frustrating and hurtful for themselves and for the rest of the people that live in this house with it. I experience that all the time. But my desire is not to hog on their mistakes, but to rather help them to live free from the mistakes they make. Not to remind them of their trespasses, but actually to remind them of their true identity. That's my purpose as a dad. I'm not there to bring them into condemnation. I'm wanting to bring them into conviction that they live as people of good character that represent God well. And so for us, we've got to see this, friends. God wants to blot out your sins and transgressions for His sake, because He is a good Father. And the Father gives good gifts. And the Father loves you and I today. And I want you to hear this. Because of His love for you, He removes your sins from you when we believe in his son. If you and I can see this, we will most definitely think differently. We would speak differently. We would walk differently. The, the world around us would be different. Can you imagine if every believer, every follower of Jesus, woke up in the morning, not worried and stressed about, about all the things they still have to fix, Or how they need to make things right and be so consumed with their own lives, but rather settled in their heart their identity as sons and daughters of Christ. But now living to bring others into that same identity. That same experience, that same encounter, that same relationship that you and I have. Can you imagine what the world would be like? It would be a very different world than what we see today. And I'm trusting and I'm praying that you and I would live this life of the Spirit. And we would live as people that are empowered by Him as we hear His whispers. Romans 8 verse 6 says, For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. This is where it starts, friends. It starts with us understanding we are no longer condemned. But we are no longer also living according to what our sinful desires would want us to dictate. But we are now setting our hearts on the things that are above, on the things of the Spirit. That's why the Holy Spirit was poured out upon you and I, that we would have access to God's Word. It starts from the inside. This is really what it it does. Romans 8 verse 9 to 11, it continues. He says, you, however, are not in the flesh but in the Spirit. I want you to see this. If in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. This is your identity. If the Spirit is uh, of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead would also give life your mortal bodies through the spirit who dwells within you friends it starts on the inside that's why jamie could say i felt this sort of punch in the stomach god speaking to me on the inside and i realized i need to do something i need to respond and sometimes it's not a twisting in your stomach but sometimes it's just a still small voice a whisper that would come and I believe that God wants you and I to experience this. Because he speaks to us all the time. You know the story of Elijah. He is up on the mountain with the prophets of Baal. hes I mean, he's putting God on display. Talk about a bit of a, let's just see who's really powerful moment. You know, almost, when I read that story, it almost seems to me like a bit of a, a, a playground, um, you know, Barney. You know, the, some of my kids are like, what's a Barney? Barney is a dinosaur. <laughs> Barney is a fight, okay? It's a fight in school, okay? <laughs> On the school playground. It almost seemed to be like, let's see. Let's see who's really, the, who's, who's, the, who's the biggest? Who's the strongest? Who's the, let's see, let's see. And so, we, you, many of you know the story, but, but all these prophets come up, and they are like sacrificing, and they're cutting themselves, and they're trying to get the attention of their God, Baal. But he doesn't listen. Elijah even taunts them. He's like, ah, oh, maybe, maybe he's on the toilet or something. Maybe he's busy. You know, you guys must be a bit louder. He's like, he got a bit confused. Maybe just try a bit harder. So they continue all day long, but never ever does their God respond. And then Elijah does what God tells him to do, which is to put all this water on this altar and simply ask for fire to come from heaven. And God consumes the entire Sacrifice, all the water, everything. It is a miraculous thing. And these prophets of Baal are actually killed. And, and he's just had this massive victory. And then he hears a whisper in his ear of a voice. That's not the voice of the spirit. Rasha, Rasha, Jezebel's out to get you. He said she's going to kill you before the end of the day. And he chooses to listen to that whisper. And runs into the cave to hide away. And it's at this place that once again, Elijah is reminded of the true voice of God in his life. And we're going to pick up that story in 1 Kings chapter fifteen or oh 19. And we see God is uh, speaking to him and he says, And he said, go out and stand out. On the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind tore the mountain. And broke it into pieces, the, the, the rocks before him. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and he went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? Friends, we expect God to speak to us in loud rumblings, audible voices, clear, written in the sky billboards but most of the time it's a still small voice which voice are you listening to which voice are you allowing to rule in your heart i love that god says these words where are you elijah some of us might read or listen the tone you might hear is like where are you i don't think that's god's voice i don't think that's god's tone I don't think God ever gets frustrated, fed up, angry with us when he speaks to us. If anything, it is a loving, encouraging word. The tone of his voice is that of a father who wants to bring his son and daughter back into his plan and purpose. That's what Romans 8 is all about. It's about us understanding that as we live life in the Spirit... We begin to experience the power of God in our lives. And we walk out and see God's purposes unfold in our lives. I love what Artie Kennel says about the Holy Spirit. He says the Holy Spirit wants to be heard. He is not silent. He speaks. The problem is not His voice. The problem is our hearing. So much of our lives can be filled with so many distractions. Have you ever checked your um, your your phone? You know, some of our phones they give you a bit of an update on how many hours you spent online, looking at your screen, screen time. Maybe I'll, I'll suggest to check that. It actually gives you an average, not for the week. I was shocked once when I looked. I was like, so many hours a day. I was like, wow. I'm spending way too much time looking at this thing. I'm being distracted from the voice of God because I'm, when I have moments, when I do have time, I'm not engaging with God. I'm not listening and attentive to His voice. I'm being distracted. I love what Peter Rasmussen once told about this something he would practice before going into a meeting. And I, I still do that often when, I, you know, when someone phones me up and says, listen, Gareth, I want to see you for a meeting. Honestly, the first thing in my mind is always, Lord, I I want you to speak to me about this moment. I know they might want to speak to me about the fact that, you know, they want to change the color of their, their car or tires or they want perspective on their family or they are trusting for some perspective in terms of God's word. Whatever the person may want to bring is important for me. But more importantly, I want to hear what God wants to say and do in that moment. And so Peter would do this often before going into a meeting just in his car. This doesn't take hours, friends. This takes a few moments. Holy Spirit, speak to me. Jesus, I love you. And I am leaning on your voice right now. I don't want to lean on my own understanding. I don't want to go into that business deal I don't want to go into that classroom of 60-plus children that I've got to try and figure out how I'm going to teach them. I don't want to enter into my job with a whole heap of admin things and, and trying to work it out, and the environment is not helping me get the job done without you giving me the ability. I don't want to miss what you are saying. Friends, when God speaks to us, He wants us to respond. But we've got to learn to navigate the noise. You've got to learn to put certain things in place where you can actually listen. So whether that's in the car for a moment, if you're a, a mom, you know, many of you are like, you're scared, when am I going to hear God? Where is that time? I love the story of John Wesley's uh, mom. She raised, she had, almost 20 children, but uh, many of them died, you know, somewhere in infancy, but eventually she raised 14 children, homeschooled them all, and ran a house and whatever, and what she did is she had an apron, and she would just go sit in the corner and chuck the apron over her head, (laughs) and her children knew when the apron is up, mom's not available, (laughs) And it's amazing, children are willing to give you space. If you say to them, listen, I'm just quickly, I'm busy with the Lord right now. Can you just give me a few minutes? I will be with you in a moment. House isn't burning down. Don't kill your sibling. Just give me a few minutes. And you can do that in your workplace. You can do that in your family. You can do that when you're on holiday. You can do that when you are faced with great challenge. You and I can access God's presence if we are willing to make the time to navigate the noise. I mean, there are some practical things, obviously, that you and I can do. I, I, don't, and I, I think for many of us, would be like, yeah, oh, Gareth, I already know this. But I want to ask you, are you doing this? I've been to those seminars and I've read the books and I've figured it out. But often I feel like, yes, I, I need to take, you know, for me to make this a habit, I've got to take 21 days. 21 days it takes to make build a habit. It's actually rubbish, guys. I'm sorry to tell you. It's not true. It doesn't take 21 days for a habit to form. A habit forms when you and I begin to believe that we can be disciplined. We're entering into a seven-day fast from tomorrow. It's going to take you seven days to make an adjustment. If anything, it could take you one day. All you need to know is that you need to believe that you're capable and able to make the adjustment. And it starts with small things. Every person that's ever told you, you know, if you read these books around disciplines and building these things in, it takes the small things. Because if you win in the small thing, you might not be able to spend three hours in prayer, but if you can do 15 minutes consistently, eventually you're like, yes man, 15 minutes, it feels like this is pretty good. Let me add a little bit more to it. You and I can learn to adapt and adjust so easily. And so I don't want you to listen to the voice of the enemy that would say that. But you and I can obviously, I want you to cultivate in the next few weeks, to cultivate that relationship with the Holy Spirit. Which means that we take moments, like this morning when we were in the worship, just a moment, like, uh, I'm not going to sing. I'm not going to focus. not going to look at my phone. not going to think of the lunch in, in the oven. I'm not going to... I'm just going to focus on you. It's amazing God speaks to us in those times. We encounter Him. Did you encounter Him this morning? I certainly stood here, and I was like, Lord, there's no fan on here, but I'm experiencing goosebumps right now. I can experience you moving in my life because I've positioned myself to do so when we are also spending time, I want to encourage you to take time to journal or to write down what God is saying to you and I. It doesn't have to be, you know, majorly intricate or fancy or amazing. I know many people say, you know, that when this morning when the Lord woke me up at 2 this morning, it's always at 2 in the morning. I'm like, Lord, is that the only time you speak to people? It's like at 2. And I realize the reason why he speaks is because that's the only time people are ever actually listening. But he wants to speak to you at 2 p.m., 4 p.m. Now, right now, he wants to speak to you and I. And so to take time to write down what God is saying to you and me, write down those promptings, write down some of those insights. As God speaks, just make some notes. And, and you might not ever reference them, it might not, but I've experienced that when I need somewhere to draw from, God is faithful to remind me of those things i listened to a preacher this week We spoke about cultivating a garden of revelation just as a as a minister he he often sometimes gets asked to hey quickly uh, can you can you preach there's a, a funeral or you know he was referencing actually his son was leading the church was on his way to church had a stomach bug couldn't uh, preach he was sick and he phoned his dad he's like dad can you preach and so there he is. So where do you go when you need to share what the word, the word of the Lord is in your life? And so he had a, has been cultivating a garden of revelation. A place that God's been speaking and he's been growing those seeds. Some of those things are big, massive oak trees. Others are still dormant seeds. But where is your garden of revelation? Where is the place that you are writing down some of the things God is revealing? The second way is obviously that we deepen our relationship with God and our knowledge with Him by spending time in God's Word. Read this, friends. I find it really helpful. I often, I've got a reading plan. I just put the audio on and I listen to it as I'm going about my day and those things are in my life. As I'm driving car in the car. A friend of mine was uh, commuting in Johannesburg for about two or three years while he was studying and he had these audio Bible cds in his car and and you know you know how much of the word you listen to we did that for a while in our car as well with our children and and they would begin to quote the passages just as it began because the word was in them they made the time it's not rocket science friends it's very easy to be able to do this and the last thing is that you and i need to respond then and this is such a big part. I feel like sometimes that's part of what, we, what really hinders us. God reveals all of these things to us, but we don't ever do anything about it. And that's often, I've, as some people have said, why we sometimes don't hear God's voices clearly anymore. One minister once asked, God, why aren't you speaking to me anymore? He's like, well, you didn't do the last thing I told you to do. So why I speak to you? I mean, God's not got that tone. But that's how he, he describes it. But friends, that's part of our, our response. What is God revealing to you? And for some of us, it's, it's a relationship you've got to break off. It's an adjustment you've got to make in your, in your business. It's an attitude adjustment you've got to make uh, in your workplace. It's some of the things you've got to invest. You've got to make time with your family. What are some of the things God has been saying to you? And then let's begin to do it. But it also then begins to unfold much more practically, just like we saw with Jamie. If you and I could learn to practice hearing the voice of God, to know that, hey, God wants me to buy lunch here. And while I'm buying lunch, I'm in the queue, and there's a person next to me. And it's like, Lord, can I minister to this person? For Jamie, at one point, he was at a McDonald's buying lunch. A lady came in. He felt God highlight her to him. He prayed for her letter to the Lord and realized that she was the wife of a whole gambling ring that they were investigating. And she came and gave them all the books and they could bust these guys and put them in jail. <laughs> Buying lunch, friends. He's experienced God set him free from executions in terrorist areas because God would tell him Specific things to say. And often those things are don't make sense to us at the time. But also what you and I need to realize is that you and I don't have to change our voice. Oh, I felt the Lord speak to me today. It was like, it was like lightning bolts from heaven. I don't have to change the way I speak. I don't have to change the way I, I react. But actually I can just normally express what God is saying. It's not that difficult. And it also isn't that weird. Because some of us think, yes, but Gareth, now you're saying there's going to... People are going to laugh at me, man. Like, what's this voice in your head? God speaks to you. What is that? Friends, God's speaking to people all the time. We are speaking to ourselves. The enemy speaking to us. There's voices on the inside of us all the time. We've got to learn to recognize that voice. And I'm trusting that as we, as we do that, we would experience that together in greater um, you know, measure. And so, friends, just to, in closing, just to recap again, you and I need to start living from the inside out, being empowered by the Holy Spirit so that we could hear His, voice, His whispers begins with the identity that we are sons and daughters of God. There's no condemnation for us. We can enter into His throne room with boldness because of what Jesus has done for us. We can also understand then, as we were looking, is that God doesn't speak to us often in these big, wonderful, amazing billboard moments, but it's most of the time a still, small voice. Learn to hear that voice. And lastly, don't just, don't just hear, but put it into practice. I'd love to pray for us. Holy Spirit, we, we just thank you, music team, you can come up as well. Thank you, we're going to respond. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are at work right now. And Lord, I know there's so many things, I'm sure, for, for, for some of us that have been highlighted as I was sharing, Lord. I pray that we would, we would really hear and respond to what you are revealing, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your love and your grace. And I want to, first of all, pray for anyone today that you know that you are still standing condemned. You are experiencing condemnation in your life because you haven't put your faith in Jesus. And I want to ask you in this moment, it's not something I do often, but it's something I felt today to do. If you want to put your faith in Jesus and you are experiencing God tugging you, it might mean that your seat's warming up, your heart's pounding. I believe God's speaking to you right now. If that's you today, if you have not committed your life to Christ, I want to encourage you to come to the front. We'd love to pray with you as a sign that says, I don't want to live for myself anymore. I want to allow God to move within me. If that's you, please come to the front. We'd love to pray with you. As I continue to pray, you're welcome to still wrestle with God, but I believe that that, um, God wants you to respond. Thanks for joining us for today's message. Don't forget to check out our website or visit City on a Hill International on Instagram or Facebook for our updates, celebration times or ways you can get involved. We are also streaming our message on Facebook Live, so make sure you join us or share the post. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. We'll see you soon.